know, there was rejoicing uh, when his first coming, but really, that wasn't very public. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when he comes with power and great glory and every eye shall see him and they that pierce him shall wail and mourn because of him? That's going to be a glorious day. Matthew chapter 1, the exciting portion of scripture, the genealogies. Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to start at verse 1, read down through verse 16. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judas and his brethren. Judas begot Phares and Zerah of Thamar. Phares begot Ezram, and Ezram begot Aram. And Aram begot Amedab, and Amedab begot Nason, and Nason begot Salmon, and Salmon begot Boaz of Rechab. Uh, or Rahab, anyway. And Boaz begot Obed of Ruth, and Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king, and David the king begot Solomon. That's significant. Why did it change to David the king? By the way, Solomon was a king, Rehoboam was a king, Asa was a king, but it doesn't say that. Anyway. Uh, <clears throat> of David the king begot Solomon, of her that had been the wife of Urias. And Solomon begot Rehoboam, and Rehoboam begot Abiah, and Abiah begot Asa, and Asa begot Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat begot Jerem, and Jerem begot Uzziah, and Uzziah begot Jotham, and Jotham begot Achaz, or Ahaz, and Ahaz begot Hezekiah, or Hezekiah. Hezekiah begot Manassas, Manassas begot Ammon, and Ammon begot Josias. Josias begot Jeconias and his brethren about the time they were carried away to Babylon. After they were brought to Babylon, Jeconias begot Selithiel, and Selithiel begot Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begot Abiad, and Abiad begot Eliakim, Eliakim begot Azor, and Azor begot Sadok, and Sadok begot Achim, and Achim begot Iliad, and Iliad begot Eleazar, and Eleazar begot Mathan, and Mathan begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So tonight we're going to be looking at the pedigree or the record of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity and privilege we have to open your precious word. We thank you, Father, for these this genealogy that is recorded for us that demonstrates very clearly that our Lord Jesus Christ fulfills testimony of scripture concerning the person of Emmanuel, God, with us. So I pray that it would encourage our hearts and help us to realize that the word of God is certain and sure and will be yet to be fulfilled. What is not yet been fulfilled will be fulfilled. So Lord, just encourage us, help us take comfort and encouragement from it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1982, Reader's Digest decided to make a Bible that was easier to read. Slater's 
paraphrasers, and a variety of religious organizations and entrepreneurs. By the way, that's what they're in it for, is to make money, not to give us a good translation of Scripture. Anyway, having been providing more and more modern versions of the Bible to keep pace with our rapidly deteriorating use of the English language, Reader's Digest went one step further, condensing the Bible, excising what they considered extraneous, providing an abridged version called the Reader's Digest Bible. Among the passages deemed, quote, unnecessary, unquote, were the genealogies. Yet the frequency with which the genealogies appear in Scripture is evidence of their importance. They do serve a purpose and a very important purpose. Genealogies establish one's birthright, one's pedigree, or in this case, one's Jewishness, one's tribal identity, one's right to the priesthood, and one's right to kingship. As we consider the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, a genealogy is a record of one's ancestry. And this genealogy that's given here in Matthew 1, and also, again, there's one given in Luke chapter 3, and there is some variations in those, they're not exactly the same, but the two together give us uh, the ancestry of Christ and also qualify the record of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Son of David, clearly establishing him as to meet the requirements given to us in the Old Testament scriptures. Without which, by the way, the genealogies of Jewish people have been lost. What we have here in Matthew 1 and Luke 3 is basically what genealogical record we have of Christ, according to one writer. Because in A.D. 70, when the Romans destroyed the temple, with it they destroyed the records. You know, the, one of the problems that the Jews are having is, is finding genealogical records proving like who's in the line of the priesthood. Who's from what tribe? You know, let alone try and prove that one qualifies to be the Messiah. Because there are quite a few qualifications proving that one to meet, proving one to be the Messiah. But we, what we have here uh, gives us that qualification. So as we consider this tonight, first of all, his genealogy or his pedigree fills all the promises concerning the pedigree of the Messiah in the Old Testament. Remember in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, it says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, thou shalt bruise his heel. So when it says speaks of her seed, it's there telling us that this, this one who would bruise the head of Satan would deal Satan a death blow, would destroy the power of the devil. You know, he, he had power over man. He kept us in bondage and fear of death all our lifetime. But when Jesus came and died on the cross, he destroyed that power, and this one, it says, would be the seed of a woman. And Luke 3, in Luke 
Luke's gospel in chapter 3 and verse 23, his genealogical, his record starts out this way. Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph. In other words, he wasn't really the son of Joseph. And then it says, which was the son of Heli. Now, if you look at Matthew's genealogy, in verse 16 it says, and Jacob begot Joseph. So we have a distinction here. We have a, we have a discrepancy, you might say, here. And, and what is, what is, is, uh, recorded here for us in Luke chapter 3 is not Joseph's genealogy, but Mary's. It's Mary's. Now, it doesn't name Mary, but this is the, this is in keeping with Jewish practices when they record genealogies. They don't, they don't put in, usually they don't put in women's names. They didn't believe in women's lips. You know, they didn't put in women's names. You know, it was all men, and it was traced through men. You know, the uh, rights were passed on through men, with the exception of there wasn't any men. And so, and even the Jewish Talmud recognized this genealogy in Luke three to be that of Mary and not Joseph, and re- refers to Joseph as really as being the son-in-law of Heli. That's what's meant here when it says, "as was supposed." This is the son-in-law. So he is, he is, Christ is the seed of a woman. Uh, <clears throat> he was the seed of Abraham. Again, in verse 34 of Luke chapter 3, it says, which was the son of Jacob, which was the son of Isaac, which was the son of Abraham, which was the son of Therah, which was the son of Nahor. Uh, and if you go back to Genesis chapter 12, in verse 3, of course, there it says that when in, in Abraham all the nations of the earth will last. That's obviously a record or, or a reference to Christ. But if you look at Genesis 22 and verse 18, it speaks a little more clearly when it says, And in thy seed shall, not seeds, in other words, not all the children of Israel, but a seed. It's singular. In thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Uh, Galatians 3, verses 13 through 16, Paul makes that very clear, that he was talking about a seed and not seeds. Galatians 3, verses 16, or 13 through 16, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Curses everyone that hangeth on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, as to seeds, as of many, but as of one and to thy seed, which is Christ. So when in Genesis 22, 18, when he says in thy seed, when he refers to Abraham's seed, he was referring to one person. And that is the person of Christ. And what we're seeing here is that, that the Emmanuel, or God with us, would be the seed of mankind. He'd be a product. He would be flesh. He'd be the fruit of a woman. 
Hebrews 2.16 says he took on him the seed of Abraham. And so he, feel, he fulfills the promise of the covenant made to Abraham. Of course, this, this de- declares him to be Jewish, of Jewish ancestry. He's also of the tribe of Judah. In, in verse 33 of Luke 3, it says, which was the son of Aminadab, which was the son of Aram, which was the son of Ezra, which was the son of Pharaoh, which was the son of Judah. So he's in the lineage of Judah, or of the lineage of Judah. And again, in Genesis 49, verses 8 through 10, and I realize we're looking at a lot of scriptures here tonight, but it's necessary to understand this. Genesis 49, verses 8 and 9, it says, Judah, this is a, this is a, a blessing that Isaac uh, gave to, or uh, no, uh, Jacob gave to his sons at his death, or his death. He said, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion. And as an old lion, who shall rise him up? Rise him up. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come. And that word Shiloh, that that, that name Shiloh means, it shall come. It shall come. Or he whose it is. He whose it is. I'm sorry. He whose it is. Until he whose it is come. That's what the meaning here. And unto him shall be the, the gathering of the people be. And again, if you compare that with Revelation chapter 5, and they're looking in Revelation 5, you know, John's in, in, in heaven, in the spirit, and there's presented a book. And it says that no man can open the book. And John said, I wept much because there was no man found that was able to open the book. But, it, but, the, but the angel said, John, weep not, for the lion of the tribe of Judah shall open the book. He shall open the book. So he, again, we're establishing here that this is the seed of a, of a woman, the seed of mankind, of humankind. He is of the He's also the son of David. Again, in Luke chapter 3, and of course this is established also in Matthew, uh, which was the son of Melah, which was the son of Menon, which was the son of Mattathiah, which was the son of Nathan, which was the son of David. Now, if you look in Matthew, <coughs> in verse chapter 1, verse 6, and Jesse begot David the king, and David the king begot Solomon, of her that had been wife of Urias, and Solomon begot Rehoboam, and Rehoboam begot Abiah. So it goes through Solomon here, but in, in Luke's gospel, it takes you through Nathan, a different son of David. Now there's a reason for that, and we'll get to that in a minute. But it's, again, uh, and there is a description here, but there's a reason for that, but, uh, but we see that he is the son of David from both sides. From Joseph and from Mary. Of course, he's not really the son of Joseph. Joseph was just his guardian, his legal guardian. Because uh, he was virgin born. And the reason for the descriptions here is this. <clears throat> In fact, go to Jeremiah chapter 22. And we'll see why. Jeremiah chapter 22. Jeremiah 22. 
and verse 24. As I live, saith the Lord, though Kaniah, the son of Jehoiakim, and he's also named uh, Jeconiah. He's got several names. But this Kaniah, who was the king, was a king, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were the signet upon my right hand, yet would I pluck thee thence. And I give thee into the hand of them that seek thy life, into the hand of them whose face thou fearest, even to the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and the hand of the Chaldeans. And I will cast thee out, and thy mother that bare thee, into another country, where they were, were not born, and there shall ye die. But to the land whereunto the, they desire to return, thither shall they not return. Is this man, Kaniah, a despised, broken idol? Is he a vessel wherein is no pleasure? Wherefore are they cast out? He and his seed, and are cast out in the land which they know not. O earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Write ye this man childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days, for no man of his seed shall prosper, sitting upon the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. See, what God just pronounced there is because of Jehoiakim and Coniah's or Jeconiah's wickedness, God cast them out or set them aside from rights to the throne. Therefore, if you would follow Joseph's lineage, Jesus does not qualify to set on the throne of David. However, God's plans and purposes will not be diverted. Because if you go to Luke, Mary is the son of Nathan, who is the son of David. King. You know, and David was promised, David was promised that he would have a son that was set upon his throne that would rule forever. And of his kingdom there would be no end. And David understood that when, when, when the prophet gave him that promise, I think it was Nathan the prophet gave it to him from the Lord, he understood that that not only, not only spoke about Solomon kingdom being established, but that it spoke of the future forever. However, because of Solomon's lineage being corrupted, that was set aside. Uh, and these were, these were, and sad, you know, interesting things, they, these were Josiah's sons. One of the greatest kings they ever had, and they were his sons. And God cast them out. He cast them aside. In fact, he said of Jehoiakim, you're going to have the burial of an ass. Historians believe that the, the children of Israel killed Jehoiakim and drug him and threw him into a manure pit. Not, it's not how the Bible says this, but that's, that's how we would say it today. Where, where donkeys would be buried. Why? Because of their wickedness. You remember it was Jehoiakim that, that, that took the, the leaves of the scripture that, that Jeremiah had, had written down at the hand of Barak, and he took those and he cut them up. Threw them in the fire. And then his son comes along, Jeconiah. Doesn't really explain his wickedness, just the fact that this is what God, God says, you're a broken, despised idol. And though you were the signet upon my right hand, I would throw it off. 
I was thrown off. So this, this son of David, king of Israel, the Messiah, who is to run on the, th- the throne of David's father, cannot be a son of Joseph. Cannot be a son of Joseph. Because of this curse. He's the seed of the woman. Hence the virgin birth. And because of Mary's birthright going back through David, he is still legally David's son through Nathan, a different son. And this, of course, fulfills this promise given to David. 2 Samuel 7, 16, it says, In thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. Forever. And he, even here in the New Testament, for example, in Luke chapter 1, when the, the angel appears to Mary, <clears throat> in verse 26 and 27 it says, In the, the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. So it declares her to be of the house of David. And again in verse 32 and 33, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and shalt bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. You know, Revelation 5.5 5 talks about him being of the line of the, of, of the, 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 the line of the tribe of Judah. And then it says, also, the root of David hath prevailed to open the book. Isaiah 11 verse, 11 verse 1 says he's a root of Jesse. Of course, that's David's father. Out of the root of Jesse shall come forth he. Uh, Revelation 22.16 says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. I, Jesus, think about it. I, Jesus, am the root and offspring of David and the bright and morning star. You see, this is, this is so he, he fulfills all the promises all that were given to, to man in the Old Testament Scriptures and being the seed of the woman. Uh, and again, this genealogy proves this. Uh, his genealogy proves he became a, a, a member of the human race. In verse 33, 38 says he's the seed of Adam. Verse 34, he's the seed of Abraham. He's of the line of Judah, of the line of David, the seed of the woman, verse 23. And, and, and of course, uh, in Matthew, it refers to Joseph as the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. It doesn't say that he, he begot Jesus. He's just husband of Mary, who, unto whom was born Jesus. You know, the Bible is very specific in its wording. It's not like these modern perversions that say a young maiden shall conceive. No, it says a virgin shall conceive. It's very specific. Very specific. It doesn't leave you with doubts about things. In an article written by Arnold Frachenbaum, I guess is how you say his name, he says of this, referring to Mary in English, 
uh, it says, furthermore, many translations of Luke 3.23 read, being supposedly the son of Joseph, the son of Heli. Uh, but being as the son, as was supposed, the son of Heli. In other words, the final parenthesis could be expanded so that the verse reads that Jesus uh, was supposed or assumed to be the descendant of Joseph. He was really the descendant of Heli. Heli being the father, was the father of Mary. And, of course, the absence of Mary's name is quite in keeping with Jewish practices on genealogies, as I've already mentioned. Uh, so, so we see here that, that this proves that he was and is, a, and he still is, a, a real human being. First Timothy 2.5 says this, For there is one God, and one mediator between God and men, the what? The man, Christ Jesus. He's a man. He's still a man. Do you know that he will always be a man? He's the eternal God-man. He will change not. Someone said, quote, a genealogy may not seem like much, but it exactly establishes Jesus' credentials as a member of the human race. A Bible translator to the distant tribe, to a distant tribe, saved the genealogies for last because he thought them the least important part of the Gospels. When he finally finished them last of all, the tribesmen who were astounded, were astounded, they told the translator, quote, you mean to tell us that this Jesus was a real person with real ancestors? We had no idea. Unquote. You know, 1 Timothy 3.16 Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. You know, 1 John 1.1 1, 1, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon in our hands of handle the word of life. See, that which is from the beginning, that means before there was anything. Proving that, that he is the son of God, he became the son of man, he was God in the flesh. He's a son of David, and he's also the son of Abraham. Made like unto his brethren. You see, these, these genealogies clearly establish that Jesus is the Messiah, the King of Israel. You know, in one day, Israel is going to finally open their eyes and look at these genealogies. And they're going to finally admit He is. You know, how could they not have seen and understood that He was their Messiah? I think it's quite simple. They didn't want to see it. They were intent on proving he was a fraud. And therefore, they would not admit. They just discredited him. Even though they asked him, they would say, they asked him plainly, and when he told them plainly, they didn't believe him. Luke 24, 39. This is after the resurrection. He's in his glorified body. And it says, And as they doubted, they thought he was a ghost. He said, Handle me and see. A spirit hath not flesh and bone. 
he was still a man. The third thing we see here is his genealogy proves also that those who reject him will be judged. Again, in verse 31, we see that at verse 31, and if you compare that with Matthew chapter 1, you see a discrepancy between the line of David. Again, I mentioned the reason for that. But there's also, you know, though Solomon was chosen to be the next king, his offspring were rejected because of their sin. But even further than that, look at Matthew chapter 1, and I also want you to go to 1 Chronicles chapter 3. 1 Chronicles chapter 3. I want you to show you something else here that I just learned this week. 1 Chronicles chapter 3. Not only is there a discrepancy between the line of David given in Matthew and in Luke, there's three names of three kings missing in the genealogy in Matthew. Look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 8. Then Asa begot Jehoshaphat. That'd be Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat begot Jerem. Jerem begot Ozias. And Ozias begot Jotham. Now, if you keep your place here, try to keep in mind what I'm reading, and look at 1 Chronicles 3 and verse 11, it says, Joram, his son, Ahaziah, his son. Now, Jehoshaphat, his son Joram. So we have Joram, Jehoshaphat and Joram. And then it says, Joram, his son, Ahaziah, his son, Joash, his son, Amaziah, his son, Azariah, his son, Jotham, his son. Now, between Joram and Jotham in uh, Matthew 1, you have one king named, one person named, Ozias. In Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 3, between Joram and Jotham, you have four names. Four names. Do you remember when Jehoshaphat made a league with Ahab, king of Israel? In fact, it uses the word affinity. There was a marriage agreement. His son married the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. Throughout the scripture, there's only one thing Jezebel is known for. And through that affinity, Jehoshaphat was basically a good king. He lacked separation. And it almost destroyed the lineage of Jesus Christ. You know, the devil get his fingers in it anywhere he can just try and destroy the promises of God. But anyway, you know, through that, you know, his son, who was um, what Jehoram, Joram, Joram here, or, or, or it's also pronounced Jehoram, other places. Son married Athaliah, that wicked woman, 
And, of course, his son was a Hazai. It was Hazai, after Joram died, Hazai took the throne. And when Jehu was uh, uh, executing judgment upon the house of Ahab, Hazai went down to see the king of Israel, and Jehu also judged Hazai and killed him. And therefore, Athaliah rose up and took control of the kingdom and set out to destroy all the seed royal, even the grandsons. Can you imagine killing your own grandchildren? Except one escaped. That was Joash. He escaped. But you know, they were infected. Badly infected by the idolatry of this wicked woman, Jezebel. And God made it very clear in Exodus chapter 20 in verse 4 and 5. Verse 3 three to 5 says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, that is in earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them people. The only explanation as to why there's three names missing in Matthew is they were the children or direct offspring of Athaliah, the daughter of Jezebel. And this is the judgment that God, by the way, they were wicked kings. You know, Joash, who, who, who was a young, was eight, became king at eight years old, he served for as long as Jehoiada the priest directed him. But as soon as Jehoiada was dead, he killed Jehoiada's son, Zacharias, the priest. He prophesied against him. And so, because of that, their names are omitted from the genealogy. As and they were set aside as was Jeconiah or Caniah. You know, those that reject God will be judged by him. God is no respecter of persons, even if you're the son of David or the son of Solomon. You know, God called David a man after my own heart. He called Solomon Jerubbabel which means beloved of the Lord. But Solomon departed from the Lord. And this is the judgment that God brings upon David and Solomon's house. Because God isn't a respecter of persons. Even as he said to Samuel in 1 Samuel Chapter 2 and verse 30, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be it far from me, for them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. And he pronounced severe judgment upon the house of Eli. And, you know, that judgment continued. You know, we, we learned this morning in Sunday school, in the adult Sunday school class, Abathur, son of Ahimelech, who escaped from the slaughter of Doeg when Saul commanded him to kill all the, the priests of the sword, and Abathar escaped. 
But you know who Abathur's descendant of? Eli. And Abathur served David, but he also went aside after Solomon. And David told Solomon, uh, I'm sorry, he went aside after Absalom, I believe it was. He followed Absalom. And David told Solomon, when your throne is established, you render judgment on Abathur. And you know what the Bible says there? You know, he cast him out from being the priest. You know what the reason he get, God gives for that is? To fulfill the word of the Lord given to Eli. Eli. Even the Lord's priests. You see, them that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. You know, God is no respecter of persons. I think of what it says in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 12, 13. It says, I saw the dead, small and great. It doesn't matter whether you're little in the sight of man or whether you're great in the sight of men. They're all going to stand before God. And the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things written in the books according to their works. You see, these genealogies also prove that God is not a respecter of persons. He will keep his word. So notice the fourth thing. But this genealogy also demonstrates the mercy and grace of God. Look, if you will, in Luke 3, in verse 34. <clears throat> Luke 3, verse 34, it says, which was the son of Jacob, which was the son of Isaac, which was the son of Abraham, which was the son of Therah, which was the son of Nahor. That's not what I'm looking for. Um, look at Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, verses 6 through 4. That's where it's recorded for us. Matthew 1, 6, 4 through 6. Um, says, and Judas begot Pharez, and Therah, Zerah, of Tamar. And Pharez begot Ezram, and Ezram begot Aram, and Aram begot Aminadab, and Aminadab begot Nason, and Nason begot Salmon, and Salmon begot Boaz of Rahab, or Rahab, and Boaz begot Obed of Ruth, and Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king, and David the king begot Solomon, of her that had been the wife of Urias. Now, these are not Jewish. Except, no, they're not. None of them are. Except the possibility, and it doesn't even mention her name, it just says she was the wife of Urias the Hittite. We know that was Bathsheba. Urias was a Hittite. He was not Jewish. And it's believed that Bathsheba was not Jewish either. So these women, we would consider all these women to gent Gentiles. Three of them were guilty of sexual sins. The fourth one was a Moabite. 
upon whom the Moabites were not to enter into the congregation of the Lord until the tenth generation because of the curse of the, the incest relationship there between Lot and his daughters. And they were the ones who seduced the children of Israel on their, in the wilderness. And so God pronounced this curse upon the Moabites. And here you have this Moabitish woman in the genealogy. Along with, we would say, these sinners. But you know what it shows us? You know, Judah said of Tamar, Thou art more righteous than I. Thou art more righteous than I. You see, Judah did not do right by Tamar. She was, he was supposed to give her the next born son, and he refused to do it. And it didn't, the, the death of the first two didn't have anything to do with her. They were wicked. And Judah submitted, Thou art more righteous than I. Rahab, of course, was the harlot whose house was on a wall who became the wife of Samuel. Who had a son by the name of Boaz. Now, do you think she would have had a Boaz if she had continued to be a harlot? I don't think so. You know, I had a guy say to me one time, my wife has a real hard time with Rahab. I said, why? She ain't any different than the Samaritan woman. I don't believe the Samaritan woman continued to live to have five husbands. I don't think she continued to live with a man who wasn't her husband. So like the woman that came to him that was caught in Darby, what did Jesus say? Go and sin no more. I don't think Rahab be, continued to be the harlot. That's what her what she was. But God in his mercy. And here you have Ruth, the Moabitess, who said, You know, my God shall be your God shall be my God, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. And she came to trust in the Lord God of Israel, a Moabitess. And of course, then Bathsheba the one who committed adultery with David. Some believe that it was all David's fault. I do not believe that is the case. I don't think she's guiltless. I don't think she was raped. She consented to it. But you know, if you read Proverbs chapter 30 and 31, some of the wisest instruction, godliest construction, instruction that was given to Solomon was from his mother. From his mother. See, what this demonstrates to us is that Christ came into the world to save sinners. And that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. 
First John 2, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is a propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. You see, these genealogies demonstrate to us that not just Jews can be saved, but Gentiles. And not just good people, but sinners. You know those people that came to David that were discouraged, distressed, and in debt? You know what David did with those bunch of rabble-rousers, he taught them how to kill giants. He taught them how to be warriors. And they became the men who had one purpose in mind. And that was to make David king. You know, God can take anyone who is willing to repent and make him a child of God, make him Lord of their life. That live for one purpose, that he would be Lord of their life. Yes, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, Paul would say, of whom I am chief. You know, with all the opportunities that Satan had to destroy the pedigree The lineage of Jesus Christ. Think at it. Think of it. You know, he's to be the son of Abraham. He's to be the seed of the woman. He's to be the, the seed of David. And of the line of the, and of the tribe of Judah. There's four things. And then you have, he's the son of God. So there's five. Now, I'm my math is correctly, that's 20% to 80 And I don't care what the percentages are. God's word will be fulfilled. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. And his promises that he has given us in his word, you know, another thing these genealogies assure to us is the promises that are yet to come to pass concerning his son to sit on the throne of David shall come to pass. You know, in Matthew 5, 17 18, Jesus said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fill. For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle show no wise pass law, till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. They shall be fulfilled. Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. God said that the Lord Jesus Christ was set on the throne of David, and he will one day set on the throne of David. Just as he said he would come into the world through the virgin birth. You know, 1 Peter one twenty five says, The word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. God's word will be fulfilled. 
No matter what man does. No matter what the world does. God is going to fulfill His promises to us and to Israel. You know, one day, Israel's going to have all that land that belongs to them, which they still do not have. And they're going to be the glory of the nations with King Jesus on the throne. And we will rule and reign with him for a thousand years. That's his promise. That's his promise to yet be fulfilled. See, the pedigree proves Christ is the Messiah, the King of Israel. Now, that can be a comfort to us, or it can be a great concern. Because he is going to fulfill his word. If you reject him, he's going to judge you. If you receive him, He will be your Savior and Lord. 